The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max NXT Review. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max's NXT review for December 6, 2017. And we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling podcasts and a lot more. And don't forget to go subscribe, rate, and review over at Wrestling to the Max because that'll get you all of our great podcasts and a lot more. Trust me, uh, because I, we don't just do review shows, we also do Wrestling to the Max every week, which will get you all your great wrestling news. We break down some other shows that you don't get a chance to hear on review shows so lots of cool stuff over there don't forget to go do all that guys and hey go give some big love to 411mania.com and lastworldonprowrestling.com both great sites and lots of great reading material in the world of wrestling over there too and uh, once again we appreciate you joining for us tonight I am Gary Vaughn and your host Mr. Paul Leeser hey yo and uh man paul i mean this is a show that's definitely progressing and really looking forward to to seeing some big things coming out because we're starting to really build on some certain storylines and i i I can't wait to kind of delve into this episode with you yeah they uh very quickly have turned the page we're now fully out of the nxt houston build and looking towards philadelphia very quickly now uh as uh mr regal opens the show to let us know that, of course, uh, what we talked about on our Monday episode of Wrestling to the Max, where we talked about him um, revealing the tournament participants to crown a new number one contender in lieu of Drew McIntyre's injury. However, we do find out uh, that the Velveteen Dream is suffering from injuries from TakeOver Houston, so Aleister Black uh, maybe murdered him a little too much. <laughs> no. And, uh, <laughs> so tonight we'll have Trent Seven taking on Killian Dane, Cassius Ono taking on a suitable replacement, which we'll talk about later on as we go. Uh, of course, the other two matches, however, are still unchanged, which is uh, Alistair Black and Adam Cole and uh, Lars Sullivan and Roderick Strong. So uh, strong, strong, uh, strong tournament to me. You have all the big guys you'd expect in there. Um, plus, plus maybe a few you weren't with, uh, Trent Seven, who they reveal later on won the opportunity to do this in a battle royal at a house show, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool that they have those kind of payoffs and house shows. That's what makes, you know, going to those shows important at times. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's something that they've kind of lacked in recent history. And I'm really honestly happy that they're starting to do this again, starting to put stipulations and matches that actually lead into actual televised shows. Makes want you makes you actually want to walk into a building and, and be a part of these live shows, even though they're not aired on TV. So, really, honestly, really good move on their part. And you're right, this is a power packed tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to call it a tournament, the, the, these matches are so solid, you can see them going either way. And it's almost kind of hard because there's some of these matchups. I'm like, who do I root for? I kind of want to root for both. <laughs> Can't they both just be in the match? <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's it is difficult, but yes, I, I get why they do it, and this is a, really honestly making solid television for several weeks here. So that's what's really cool about this. 
Yeah, so assuming we'll have two of these matches tonight, we'll have one, I assume, in the main event next week and one in the main event after that. So uh, moving right along here, we go straight to the ring where Andrade Cien almost greets us uh, with Zelina Vega as the new NXT champion. And we get uh, a a promo from Vega sort of introducing him and saying this is the start of a historic title run, demands respect, blah, blah, blah. And then we get almost on the microphone for probably the longest he's ever talked on there, uh, and he kind of rubs it in everybody's face. Like, you know, I, I told you guys I would win the title. I'm the champion now. I beat your big hero. He's hurt. You know, I'm real sorry about that. And in in as sarcastic as you could say in broken English, and uh, <laughs> says he's not really concerned about who the next guy up is because he's the champ and he's going to beat him. At least he's trying, Paul. He's At least trying. he's <laughs> <laughs> he's giving it a shot, guys, and he's doing okay, I guess, in a way. Uh, but no, but he needs to do this, and this is a good, you know, tool for him to to practice, and, and of course, you know, use what ling- English he learns, and I think it's going to help him build upon what he's going to be doing heading forward, and. If he has bigger aspirations, he's going to have to learn more English and be prepared to to cut promos that are longer than four words. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in English, of course. Um, and you know, Zelina does a great job here once again. You know, also rubbing it in their faces that hey, you know, he is your champion. Almas is the guy, and I like that. They they did really honestly a good job together. I, I don't have any complaints about this. You know, like I said, he almost at least tried, and uh, it did feel like, you know, he was presenting himself very well, very cocky, so I, I have no complaints. I think the presentation was spot on. I've seen a lot of people complaining about almost getting the microphone time here to talk when he uh, either looked like he wasn't ready or didn't have enough English to get it all together. And I think much like Asuka, I mean, this is development, guys. We we have to keep reminding ourselves of that. The only way they're going to get better at speaking English is by practicing. The only way they're going to get better at speaking English promos is by practicing in front of crowds. So uh, well, I don't mind any of this as well. The act is great, uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing who he's going to be facing come Philadelphia time. Yeah, I think that's what the big key here is. And, I mean, we just mentioned a bunch of guys that are really honestly qualified for that chance to face off against uh, him to to get that championship. And, and, and I'll say this really quickly. I, I You know, the Spanish accent, I mean, there's so many different guys to compare him to. But if he keeps that cocky attitude and the way he holds himself, you could see shades of Del Rio. Mm-hmm. And him, you know, El Patron, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I think it's it's kind of cool that he can kind of, and he honestly may be studying guys like that to kind of really understand. I'm Latino. This is, you know, the way I present myself, and, and, and probably taking a few things away from guys like that. He's not a carbon copy or anything. I'm just saying I could kind of see a little bit Del Rio coming out. Of- I, I'm right there with you, especially when he opens his side of the promo by talking about how it was his destiny. I mean, it just it, it flashes you back some years to when Del Rio kept talking about how it was his destiny to be a champion and all that. So, mm-hmm. absolutely agree with you on that point. Uh, we cut to this sort of press conference thing, which I thought was really cool. Uh, Lars Sullivan talks about his match with Roderick Strong and kind of puts Strong over, saying, you know what, he's, he's a great athlete, he looks the part, all these other things, but in two weeks... It's not going to matter. I'm going to beat him. Nothing is going to stop me on my path to the NXT Championship. 
there's uh as he's walking away from everybody and they keep asking him for to you know to ask another question he sort of turns around and has this really goofy look on his face <laughs> it just completely <laughs> took me out of this uh i've seen a lot of other talk too saying that people don't find him believable when he talks it doesn't match you know it, the sort of bobby lashley effect right the voice doesn't match the persona uh so kind of give me your, your thoughts on all that and you know i'm a big proponent of lars sullivan in a way <laughs> i've really enjoyed what we've seen from him so far and really appreciated the work he's put into it I, I see that point of him not really matching you know it's kind of like when you see you know a radio guy dj you've been listening to for years and you see a picture of him, you're like oh god that's nowhere near what i thought it looked like exactly and, and that's that's the kind of the same thing you're getting here with this voice and the fact that he doesn't have a deep you know voice he doesn't even have an accent <laughs> yeah to really kind of throw us into because if you like a german or russian accent you would be like oh i don't care how soft he talks he's still kind of threatening <laughs> but you know just being kind of like a regular old joe and just kind of talking the way he talked and all that and, and i'll say this that doesn't really bother me all that much i'll say it this way He's still got a strong physique. He's still going to be a guy that's very dominant. But we also have to remember this guy is not 6'9". He's never going to be that big, huge, imposing factor like a Braum Strowman. He's just not. He, He doesn't have the height for it. But he brings something new to the table. A smaller, strong man. A guy that has... Not as much height as the rest of these giants, but he may have the strength of them. And I think if he can present himself that way, I think it's great. I, I per se didn't really honestly have anything wrong with the way he spoke. It is a little bit lighter, but I, I think it honestly brings something new to the table for these kind of guys. Because once again, he's not a carbon copy. I know I keep saying the same things over and over again, but he's not a, a you know, he's not Braun Strowman too, mm-hmm. right? He, he's not Kane too. He's not any of these guys. He's a completely new factor in this world of wrestling uh, in NXT and, and from many, pl- many places that have to deal with shorter guys with a big physique. So I I, I, I don't understand. It's going to bother people, and I need to see more. I'll be honest with you. Once again, you said developmental all ago. Same mm-hmm. with Lars. I mean, we've got to see it. I didn't think he said anything wrong, though. He needs to work on being more imposing than on the mic. I'll say it that way. I, I, I'll definitely give you the stature thing. Like, he doesn't really look like a big, scary guy. I don't know if that's exactly the point here, though, right? You're, you're catching him outside the arena. He's sort of talking to press. Like, I don't know if you're going to bring the gimmick that way, uh, just because we don't live in that era anymore, even though, some, you know, a few people do still do that. Uh, I, I mean, I think for me, I, I was just more surprised by how well-composed he was in doing all this. Like, he didn't really stutter or anything like that. He just he just carried on very naturally through the whole thing, and I thought that was kind of nice, uh, especially for somebody who's still very young in the business. So, no, I agree. And you know, Brock Lesnar, a guy that's been in the business for a long time, mm-hmm. has a lot of issues. That's why he has Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Lars did just as good, or maybe even a little bit better than I've seen Brock Lesnar do in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, it, just watching anybody right now as you're, you know, listening to us, write down, go listen to Brock Lesnar, you know, talk and whatever interview he does, whatever you can kind of tell, he's not really that great at it. He and I'll say it this way too: he's another guy that his voice to me doesn't really match that big imposing monster that Brock Lesnar is. 
You know, if I close my eyes and hear him talk, I just think he's some short, you know, farm boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest with you, and he he sounds a lot like Sean's dad. Don't tell Sean that, but to me, Brock Lesnar <laughs> sounds a lot like Sean's dad. So I I haven't had the uh, the privilege to meet Sean's dad yet, so I, I can't really back you up on that there, but. To me, it was never about building Brock up as a big giant man, right? Brock was always always had that cockier, better than you, next big thing uh, going around for him. It was never about his size, even though that certainly played into his style. That's not necessarily what the promos were about. And maybe that's a direction they're going to go with Lars here. It's sort of, it's not so much that he is this strong dude, because he certainly is. That's all you see in the ring. But maybe they're going to add some shades to it to where he's more... You know, a sportsman or more of this or that or something else to it to sort of, you know, make it to where that's not the only relying feature you're you're working with. Unlike Braun, where that that that's all you need because he is that big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this guy could actually bring something new to the table and bring a persona that we haven't yet really grabbed onto. And and I hope that's the way it is. I hope he'd bring something that's not old hat. And I don't need to see another, you know, six eight, six nine strong guy. They're all nice and fancy. But really, let's go ahead and get one that's not as tall and see what he does and see if he can compose himself. You're right. He did a great job on the mic tonight. He, He did a great, you know, job of keeping himself composed let's hope that continues to carry over and let's hope that carries over in front of a live crowd on the mic yeah well you heard it here first two guys gary believes six nine gentlemen are fine and fancy folk (laughs) (laughs) another drop (laughs) uh so moving on uh, speaking of big dudes too you have kelly and dane here taking on trent seven three minutes 15 seconds uh, Dane gets the win with the, this really quick slam, uh, senton splash into a Vader bomb, uh, finish that just looked absolutely brutal. And I, 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 I'm a big fan of Killian Dane, big Damo, whatever you want to call him, Trent seven as well. This didn't need to be super long and I'm kind of glad it wasn't because as much as sanity has sort of hovered around the main event scene to being, you know, just another mid card act. Dane always looks great, and this was another opportunity to do that. I felt like they did that wonderfully here. And something I just is always endlessly impressive to me about Dane is just how absolutely explosive this guy is. Uh, especially if you're watching the finish, it's it's just quick and fluid, and the guy is just yeah, he's a real pro. He knows what he's doing. This guy's great. You're exactly right, and Killian Dane to me, it really was the favorite in this matchup. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of Trent Seven fans out there. I like Trent Seven. Okay, he's you know a really good wrestler, but I think this is probably the most lopsided that I really thought it would be. Or maybe that's not the right verbiage for this. This is the easiest choice for me and the easiest pick. Right? Nice. I, I think this matchup really kind of leaned more to. Killian Dane, and that's fine, and that's also a, not a bad way to start this whole thing out. I think Killian Dane, you're so, you're, you're right. He's very explosive. He's very domineering, and I, I think that he showcased himself in a great light here for people to understand that he's more than just a guy that's a part of a faction. Mm-hmm. He's a complete monster, and he is going to do whatever he wants to whoever he wants, and I appreciate that, and especially against a guy that's proven in, in Trent Seven. So uh, good mm-hmm. stuff. You're right. Didn't need to be long. Very happy with the match. Yeah, absolutely. These guys also have experience with each other over 
and uh, insane championship wrestling too. If you ever fi- fancy going back and looking through some of their stuff, but we're going to move on to Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly getting interviewed in sort of this area where there's they're kind of hanging out. I don't, it's like a almost like a faux entryway sort of thing where they're hanging out and uh, Cole uh, hypes up his match with Alistair Black next week and says, you know, Alistair, you've been running through the competition, but you've never had to face anybody like me, like Adam Cole, and that's going to be your downfall. And O'Reilly and Fish uh, reveal that they have a tag team title match in two weeks against Sanity, so great stuff there. And, of course, they put over them coming out of War Games, not only surviving, but winning, and seemingly going on to thrive. And this was good stuff. It's very... I don't want to say... I mean, it is pre-taped, and you can tell, uh, but there's almost sort of like an NWO feel in the way it's presented. Like, there's a lot of quick cuts and a little bit of shaky cam. If you remember the old NWO black and white vignettes they used to do with all of them hanging out backstage, it was like that, but without the graininess, you know? Uh, you're, you know, you bring up a great point. I really honestly never thought about it that way. I've watched a lot of NWO stuff, but I just, I guess my mind didn't go there. And now that you're saying that, <laughs> you're bringing lots of memories back to me, Paul. And yeah, I mean, that's very true. You know, I kind of thought they, they presented them very well. I think they showcased these three guys in a light of they're cool, collective, and they know what they want to do. And they are very powerful. I, I love just the way you've got Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly just kind of sitting there, nonchalant. Just they're there, and, and then you got Adam Cole, the one guy standing up, but yet yeah, in a relaxed fashion, you know, just holding his arms up, just kind of relaxing, like we got this. We're not worried about anything else. We we have come here to accomplish a mission. We're going to do it, and we're not worried one bit that we're you know going to have any issues. So. I really like this promo. I think it did a good job. You can tell who the good talkers are for sure. Kyle Raleigh, I'm sorry. You're still working on that, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) But I I just love that, you know, all three did get something to say. Because I think Bobby Fish, honestly, sometimes doesn't get a lot to, you know, to, to really say. And he's definitely one of the stronger guys, I think, on the mic, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, nonetheless, good stuff out of these guys. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they progress this undistributed era and, and where it actually does go in the future. Because I think there's big things for it. I think they're just biding their time, and that's okay. We, we can do that. That's what's great about NXT. You can bide your time here and actually make the big moments big. Mm-hmm. That's what's cool. So I'm really, really happy about that. And just by the way, anybody listening, uh, I'm giving you a, a free game tonight. If you've got some alcohol, every time I say honestly, you can take a drink. I tr- promise you, <laughs> you're going to be wasted by the end of this podcast. <laughs> so go back, start over, start the game, and then let us know on Facebook or however you want to try to contact us about how drunk you got listening to this. Well, whenever you wake up in the morning and you can type, just... Just do it. Just yeah, help us out. Let us know. <laughs> uh, Sonia Deville takes on Ruby Riot in a no DQ uh, match. There's no countouts, no no rope breaks, anything like that. And basically, this almost plays up into Sonia Deville's wheelhouse, right? Uh, as they continue their feud here, she targets the ankle once again and continues to do so throughout the match, while Ruby kind of plays from behind. Until finally, uh, Sonya gets her to tap out, or not tap out, sorry. Uh, she's sort of trapped up in the ropes and doesn't want to tap out, so the referee steps in to, to stop it. So, 
this isn't over either from this point of view. So <laughs> clearly these girls are going to be sticking around. My my biggest thing is why. Mm-hmm. I Okay, so they've already shown on NXT television they've invaded the main roster. Both are on different factions, but mm-hmm. doing the exact same thing on different brands. And yet we still have to have them on NXT. Not completely understanding that for the most part. I mean, Paul, you probably can shed some better light on that, but I, it just kind of blows my mind because they've got lots of other talent in the back that, you know, that are needed in this division, and yet all the other women are hanging out in the back while these two continue to have these matches because these are all a bunch of tapings over time. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, this was something that was kind of probably back to back later on. So I, I don't know. I just kind of weirded out why they need to continue it. Um, I wish I had more of a good reason as to say, because they want to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like your parents. Cause yeah. I said, so exactly. That's exactly what this is like. Almost, uh, you know, we've seen people stick around in NXT after making the jump to the main roster before, right? We've seen Kevin Owens do it. We've seen guys before that. Uh, that I'm sure have done it too while I'm blanking on their names. Uh, but Kevin Owens obviously was still an NXT champion when he made his debut, and they played that fact up when he did and then was still doing stuff here in NXT until he finally lost the title and finally moved on. So the best reason I can come up with without because they want to is because they don't want to leave the story hanging. Like Maybe they felt like there was more to tell after their match at TakeOver, uh, even though that probably would have been the perfect place to re- leave it, right? Because Ruby gets her revenge, they can move on, everything's done. This way, the, they're you know they're still here, they're still working the feud, and maybe it's a great way to keep getting Sonya's experience. Because uh, out of uh, excuse me, out of uh, at least the Absolution team, she is by far the one with the least experience. Uh, and maybe they just want to keep on having her work with uh, an experienced vet like Ruby Riot to keep helping her grow along. Cause this, all the matches they've done together so far, when it's been those two, uh, the one at take or the one on the pre-show to take over and the one here have been quite good. This match was very good. I thought they told the story. Well, everything playing up to where they're trying to get it to go at the end. And then, uh, you know, finally getting Sonya the, the sort of cheap win. So I don't know. I, I mean, Sonya definitely does need the experience. So I can't say it's necessarily a bad thing, but it is odd. Once again, this is developmental. This is what they do. We just, you know, go along with it. If they're giving you experience, if it works out here and it means that there's going to be, you know, strong work on her part on Monday Night Raw, Sonya Deville, okay, you can be on NXT. Mm -hmm. Other than that, though, I I just kind of ready to move on. I really don't have a lot of excitement. I really don't care who wins these matches. And I feel terrible for saying that, but I'm not overly invested in either or. Right, mm-hmm. that's just me. I, I think Ruby Riot's fine, and she does a good job. She's she's a, you know a talented wrestler, but I just am not so invested that I care that she wins or loses right now at this point. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I I just was kind of curious. That was my biggest thing. The match was fine. Yeah, I, I think that's all fair, right? I mean, uh, Ruby's only had really a cup of coffee, so it's really hard to get sort of invested in her when she's only been here a couple months in NXT. Yeah, and, and then thrown into the main roster. It's 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 a little odd to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and we'll get more into that. I have a lot more to talk about when we get to our regular episode of Wrestling of the Max tonight. So, I'll save that for then. <laughs> so, people, come check that out. Yeah, come check that out. Cheap plug. Uh, 
Moving along on this episode, though, Ember Moon is backstage once again in that sort of press conference-y thing, uh, and they ask her about winning the title and said it was a dream come true for her and all this other stuff. And, of course, if you're having a good time in the women's division, that means the iconic duo have to show up and ruin it, or, in this case, make it better, uh, as they always do as well. So <laughs> uh, Peyton reminds Ember that she didn't get uh, she didn't pin her for the title. She wants a fair shot at the championship. And this sort of sex, uh, sex, wow, sets wow, up. Wow, man. <laughs> oh, you really are into the dynamic duo, aren't Apparently you? so. <laughs> this sets up Royce and Moon for the championship next week after Peyton and Billy have a bit of a, a an argument about who's going to get the title match or why Peyton gets it before Billy, uh, which which leads to some fun interaction. Now you got a song in my head. I just want to sex you up. <laughs> Sorry, people. I just, I, Paul did it to me. Uh, but, okay, now you know what I'm doing after we get done with the podcast. Uh, not not doing the, uh, the dirty, just listen to the song. Just <laughs> throwing that out there. Got another podcast to do. Can't do that. Uh, no, okay, so uh, this whole thing, God. Uh, Ember Moon does fine here. Uh, she, you know, what's so interesting is Ember Moon, you know, being a strong wrestler and then coming in and cutting these promos. I think you can tell she's still really working on it. And at times, I, I think her real emotions kind of bleed out. You can kind of see a little bit of her raw emotion of just being happy, smiley kind of, and I think she fights it a lot. I, I really do. Um, and so she comes off okay here, uh, but you can still, like I said, kind of see some of the, the real emotion kind of bleeding out. So uh, it's it's a work in progress, and I think you know she's doing fine. And then, you, like you said, it gets better. You throw in the dynamic duo, and they are just excellent they do a great job of really playing off ember moon everything that they're wanting and you know causing a little thing between those two i, I think that was great throwing the, the wrench right in there to kind of have them kind of bicker back and forth no it's my chance no it's my turn all that i, I think it rounded out to be an actually uh, a pretty decent segment here and i kind of get you excited about what's going to happen and who is going to get the opportunity to face off against ember moon what are the you know what's dynamic dynamic uh, man the dynamic duo gonna do see i can't even talk Iconic duo gear. I mean, they're dynamic Icon- as well, but iconic. Uh, sorry, the iconic. I am going crazy. <laughs> I, I, there must be a dynamic duo or something, you know. Hey, at least I didn't say it was ambiguously gay duo. That's true. Because it's, it's, I, I like Saturday Night Live and I love that. It's cartoon. So. It's oh, it's awesome. So <laughs> Sorry, we're talking wrestling, but yeah. Uh, in two weeks, Gary, Tyler Bate is going to get his rematch against Pete Dunne for the UK Championship. Stop the presses because I'm about to have a coronary if they can touch anything close to what they did at TakeOver earlier this year. Oh, God. I, so I, I'm ready. ready. Oh, man. It, <laughs> you know, it makes me feel like SpongeBob. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think this is going to be something super amazing. I you know, really honestly can't wait. Take a drink. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be something that's really, really, you know, uh, Pushing the uh, just pushing NXT upward and more and more when they have guys like this and these big matches and so excited about seeing it. So let's do it. Let's let's do it now. I'll call yeah. WB. I want to see this live stream it right now. Yeah, right now. Let's do it right now. Uh, William Regal is seen backstage talking to Ono of um, seemingly telling him who he's about to face. Uh, the Queen of Spades gets her sort of. Um, 
I guess, teaser video. Uh, even though it's not entirely clear from just the silhouette, the soon and two spades is, is pretty obvious that this is going to be for Miss Shayna Baszler. So uh, tie up your hair, ladies, because you're all about to die. Uh, <laughs> that's just what's going to happen. <laughs> so, Sonya, you better work hard and fast and run out of NXT. Just real fast because she's about to make you look real bad. <laughs> yeah, and you may not be able to stay on any brand of WWE if you don't hurry and move on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is exciting. I've been waiting a long time for this, and I, I think Shayna Baszler is going to bring something that's really cool and really special to this roster. I think they've got so many diverse talents right now, especially from that whole entire May Young Classic that they're bringing on board here. And this is one of the biggest ones that they had coming out. Of course, you know, definitely one because she headlined the whole freaking tournament. Uh, but so happy that this is coming. I was kind of curious. I've been waiting a long time. So, I'm, I, you know, something I'm really ready to delve into and seeing where she goes and starts. Absolutely. And that uh, brings us to this absolutely phenomenal made event between Cassius Ono and his uh, suitable opponent, which turns out to be Mr. Johnny Wrestling himself, Johnny Gargano. And dear sweet Lord, did these guys go out there and put on a show, really putting it all out there, showing you that how badly they want to win. And, and Ono at one point near the end almost feels bad for how bad he's kicking Johnny Gargano's butt because he's just straight up murdering him and Gargano won't stay down. Uh, until finally Gargano comes out of nowhere, uh, ends up getting Ono on the outside, hits a big tornado DDT onto the entrance ramp, which just hurt real bad. Uh, It hurts me real bad just talking about it. Uh, He cuts off the rolling elbow uh, a few seconds later inside the ring uh, with some super kicks, Gargano escape. That's all she wrote. Gargano going on to the Fatal 4-Way to possibly challenge for the NXT title at NXT TakeOver. Philadelphia. I uh, I don't I don't know if I have the right words necessarily put into how great this match was, especially for how short it was. This doesn't even go twelve minutes, and these guys still absolutely crushed it. But I, you know, both guys are still over enough with the crowd that they were super invested in this. I felt like they told an awesome story with Ono dominating most of the match and Gargano being just good enough this go around to get the victory and. I oh man Gargano, I, I it's hard for me to think of somebody in the well maybe AJ Styles him and AJ Styles maybe have put on the most consistently great performances all year long. You know what I mean? That's a, a great name to be you know put up there with. It really is, and to be mentioned in the same breath of AJ AJ Styles it means you're doing something special. And I think Gargano is doing just that. You're completely right about that. He's really showcased himself in a huge light. The wins have not been there. The victories have eluded him. But now you're finally getting a chance to see him grab one to make it matter. And, you know, we, you know, hopefully we'll see him springboard into more wins and, and, you know, getting on into that next echelon. But you're right. I mean, this guy has been overly impressive. I I think Cassius Sono is a guy that continues to show. And there's a reason why they brought him back to NXT Mm -hmm. because of his sheer talent, everything that he offers. 
he's just a workhorse, and that's the way you kind of feel about Cassius Ono. He doesn't necessarily have to do anything like main event or or even hold the title. It just needs to be there to continue to have these really fun matches and showcase himself. But Gargano, my God, you know, you can throw him in any match, and he's going to make it something special. And I think the same goes here. I think these guys, in a short amount of time, really put up a, a, a pretty darn solid performance and really gave you their you know best i think so really happy for gargano getting his victory and you know i also was curious you know how is this going to affect cashia sono and for him to come back and basically you know give the fist bump what do you want to call it the, the arm thing they they at least respect each other and it shows so you know good stuff here does this win make you think that maybe Champa's return is indeed imminent, that it is very close at hand, because I I don't know if you pull the trigger on Johnny Gargano unless you know Champa's ready to, to springboard into that feud, you know? So m- maybe the stuff from Meltzer was right. You know what? It's, you know, I'm almost afraid to say yes. I really am. <laughs> I, I want to say yes because I'm a huge Champa fan, not because I want to see Gargano exactly succeed the most. But I, I think that you're probably more right than wrong on that. I think that there probably is that a, a chance happening. And for the fact, like you said, for him to get the win and to head into a huge match, that must mean that his upward fight the way he's going up is means Champa has to come and try to tear him back down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I could definitely see it. And especially when you think about this, I mean, he, I, I don't think he's going to win, of course, the NXT championship, but if he won, they can, you know, you know, win this big match and coming out here and doing what he's doing is going to definitely make Champa want to come out and just destroy him. So I, I hope so though, Paul, I want to see Champa back on my TV screen. I will say this. If you want a huge headlining main event for TakeOver New Orleans, which tickets have gone on sale for, by the way, already, which that's crazy fast. But uh, for WrestleMania weekend, to me, I don't know if there's anything better that NXT could do but to have Johnny Gargano come out on top against Almas at, at Philly and during the celebration, it's Ciampa to come in to ruin the party for him and all that great stuff and have Gargano sort of be lifted to the spotlight only for him to to tear it back down and for those two to go into New Orleans with all that heat and tension. Oh, it gives me chills just talking about it right now, Gary. Oh, yeah, definitely. Me too. And I, if this does take place, this is going to be one of the biggest feuds coming up. And I think people are going to be ready for it. Because I don't think anybody really has forgotten about that. That was such a pivotal moment last year, right? It was such a big deal from this past, you know. Uh, it's from this year. It's from earlier this year. Uh, you're right. It is this year. I'm already headed to 2018, man. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> I, look how progressive I am. It, but it was this. Uh, it happened this past WrestleMania, right? Yeah. I was trying to think of. Uh, so was that okay? So I, I'm making sure I had that correct. But I mean, it's been almost a year. I believe it was Chicago. Was it Chicago? I couldn't remember. I know it's been close. I mean, I know it's been a long time. At least it feels that way. It may not be that long, but nonetheless. Uh, it, this is going to be something that's super special, and it's going to be something that really is going to make that New Orleans show 
huge. Mm-hmm. People are going to be keyed into that matchup, plus whatever else is going to be going on on the card. So I agree with you. It, it's a big deal. And, you know, I, uh, hey, if I was going to take the opportunity to go to New Orleans, I, I would definitely be looking at this matchup to be one that would make me want to buy that ticket. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was an XT takeover Chicago. But we're looking towards Philadelphia. We're looking towards New Orleans. We're on the hype train, Gary, moving towards all that great stuff. And we'll be back to talk about more next week. Yeah, and I'm really excited about that. So, guys and gals, please come and check us out next week for that big show. We'll be talking about everything that is continuing on in the world of NXT. Hey, and if you want to come here and talk more about stuff in the world of wrestling, let's go ahead and tell you that the Wrestling to the Max, episode 276, part two, I believe, if I have my numbers right, uh, will be tonight. So, following this podcast, it'll probably already be up for you guys to listen to. So, make sure you go tune into that. And we'll be talking more, like I said, about Ruby riot and of course the absolution stuff i'm going to get kind of get into a few things like that tonight so we'll be looking forward to that show plus we'll be talking some impact wrestling crowning a superstar of the week all that great stuff will be happening and also once again go check out w2mnet.com for all the great wrestling podcasts that you can handle plus video games entertainment and sports so trust me great great stuff over there and if you love all the uh, great written content when it comes to wrestling go check out Formula Mania and last word on ProWrestling.com both are really great sites they're supportive supporters of ours and we appreciate them uh, besides that we are out of here and we thank you for joining us until next time for Paul Leeser and for myself we'll catch you guys down the road have a good one guys the following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.